Yeah. There, there you go. Thank you, Brent. Thank you. thank you very much. Well, thank you. I didn't do my notes. That's mine. Oh, that's yours. I thought that was <laughs> Oops. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't want to fall out already. Hey, all right. Wasn't that awesome worship? Thank you, Stephanie. And we are definitely going to be praying for you out in South Dakota. With the Dakota, the Lakota. All right. This is, we're going to flow today. We're going to, number one, honor God with his word, first and foremost. So this is, many of you know, when I teach, I really, I like to honor God, number one, always. But when we honor his word, it really is, this is his word. It's not my word. This is his word and his will. Um, so if you guys have your Bibles on the phone, on your book, so if people are able to, if you're willing, this is totally up to you. If you could repeat after me, this is my Bible, God's word. When I read it, when I read it, when I read it, and respond to what it says, and respond to what it says, it changes my life. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Sounds like Elvis is in the building. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't want to laugh already, Stephanie. Woohoo! I'm just not, I don't, I just, uh oh. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Today is head of the year. So I want to honor one of the people that I've, the last couple of years when I've, um, the word last year was we were in the year of the pay, right now, 5780. So this is actually um, the ministry that some of the information that I'm going to share today, some of it came from the ministry of Shira Ministries. And this is, I believe, a um, charismatic um, Catholic group of um, women that are powerful. So, and Shira actually was the granddaughter of Ephraim. And to make a long story short, their group, Shira was a woman that... Um, in short version, she was a mighty name, not given over to the timid of heart. She was a woman known for her strength, and not just let alone her physical power, but like the noun version of Shira indicates, but for her resilience to survive one's own flesh and blood. She was a remnant among her people and the tribe that would come to symbolize the fate of those polluted by the leavened bread of the Pharisees. Chronicles tells us that Shira. Um, was the daughter, well, she, I read she was the daughter of Bira, but, and also the granddaughter of Ephraim. I guess because I'm, I'm, it's important that when I share information, if I use some information from a public site, I always want to honor the people. And last year, I used some of her information um, from my teaching last year, and she actually has a three-part word about 5781. And so I wanted to honor her and just recognize her ministry. So it's um, very important. Some of us, I think, is one who, I get prophetic words, but I don't post them as far as, like, share them with groups. I just share them maybe on my Facebook page, but I think to publicly acknowledge is so important. Um, so today is 57. I, I'm going to talk about the year 5781, which begins uh, September 18th, which is, as Stephanie mentioned, it's, it starts on Friday. We are going to be gone so right now we're in 5780, which that's the uh, year of the pay, which is also the era, we're in a new era of speaking the mouth, but we are entering into 81. And as um, you'll see up there, um, the one represents Aleph, um, and its number one is about unity. Currently, pay is the year of the mouth, and we have entered into this decade of the mouth, 80. Aleph is the one we are entering into, which is unity, one, oneness with the Father. And I think what's interesting is, as you can see, for 80, um, and I wished I had a, a, a pointer, but pay is, you can see it's a shape of a mouth. And to the right is what Aleph is. And you can see there's a, there's a few different things I want to talk about today, because ultimately... The unity piece, it's interesting because there, there are three different pieces to a left, and, and it's very powerful. And I know Stephanie may talk about some things similar next week, but we are going to be going into the year of unity. But it's important. It's, we're still in the decade of pay, but which is our speaking. So whatever we're speaking, we better be in unity with. 
And this is a word, and it's a word for all of us. And he reminded me of that very clearly this past week. And um, just I'm so thankful for each of you here, and particularly the um, team that's helping with your return. I'm so thankful for you guys. As I've been a little pressed on some things, and you guys are great. Everybody is. I'm just because of with Stephanie being gone. Sometimes the atmosphere is a little bit different for me. And as a prophetic person, I sometimes can get pulled down to that second heaven and I can't operate there. We have to be in the third heaven. And that's another part of my message today is why it's so important to be in that third heaven because that is when we're one with him. So um, I thought this was a pretty uh, cool picture. Um, this is James Nesbitt. And for those that you were here at Pentecost, um, he was, uh, did the, he sang and played the, uh, his band was here with um, Ed Watts. And this is his um, painting he did for 5781. So I thought, wow, that's pretty powerful. And I thought I wanted to, you know, share that. You can see the difference, the symbolism behind that. It's pretty powerful. You know, look at that. I think the one thing on the right, I believe, is probably Leviathan or the dragon. I couldn't tell what, what that was, so... And look what it's speaking, but they're speaking at each other. There's two, and I think that's the one thing we remember. You know, with 5780, you know, you can speak, speak positive or you can speak the negative. Just like you can be, there could be the positive unity, and then there could be the negative, which means what side are you on? Are you on the Lord's side or are you on this other side? And I think sometimes we automatically think as Christians, well, he's on our side. It's like, no, no, no. Are you on his side, not your own? Yeah. So, so I want to, um, so Aleph, A-L-E-P-H, and then it sounds like A-L-E-F, Aleph. The number one, or Aleph, as you can see, I have it spelled out, represents unity or completeness. Um, in Psalm 131, excuse me, in Psalm 1 through, blah, in Psalm 113.5, who is like the Lord our God, the one who sits enthroned on high. He is the one. He is the only one. He is the one that sits enthroned. And as a reminder, it's not us there. It's he is up there. We sit at his right hand, but it's ultimately his right hand, not our own. And I'm just... And some of, I'm, I'm just saying for some of us that has sometimes have a habit of trying to take matters into our own hands and who like to control things and um, some of us have had a struggle and I'm, I'm just speaking for myself, probably nobody else. Um, I think in this year of, as we've been in a time like no other in the world, some of us have been locked up, locked down, um, covered up, put down, let down. But I want you to know that there's a lifting up that's going to come. There's a freeing that's going to come. There is a word for each of you for 5781 today and for next week and for the year and beyond. But know that there's going to be a shift. But the important thing is, are you going to shift with him? Or are you going to shift another way? So there's a choice that we have to make about which way we shift. So the And I want to point out, so those two like when you look at um, Aleph and what it is, it's interesting. So there's three parts to that. You see the two things that are going. One's going up this way. The other is going up that way. And then you have the thing in the middle, which is the Vav. And I'm going to talk about this on the, um, let's take a look at this right here. Um, the, the two things that are jutting out are called the Yud. The Yud at the top and the Yud at the bottom, they're directional to heaven, and the other Yud is connected to the earth. Hence, there is oneness between the heavenly God and man on earth. And the Vav in the middle is what they both are rested on, which I think is interesting. Um, you know, the, the Vav is the number six. And I know we've talked about the Vav before in past messages, but it's interesting. So there's that whole piece. As you look at the diagram on the, um, on the oh, which one am I on? Oops, did I skip one? Hang on a second. Must, oh, sorry. I got my other notes. There you go. Um, the vav, which, um, whose meaning is a hook. And in some translations, a nail or a connecting pin. And it shows connectedness between the two realms, which is the heavenly realm and the earth. Vav is also thought to represent humanity. Since Adam was created on the sixth day, 
Vav is diagonal since it is humbled in the face of the Lord and his revelation, representing our faith, which unites us to the Lord. The two yads also indicate the paradox of experiencing God as both hidden and close, far and near. Um, how many of you sometimes feel like God's far away from you sometimes? I mean, I've been there. Um, but actually, he's always with you. It's like, are you with him? I think some, some of us, and I'm just going to speak for myself, we sometimes get so caught up in what's happening to us that we lose track about what's happening around us. When things happen to us, we lose track on what's happening around us. And I think in this season we're going into for 5781, to get through what's happening to us, we need to focus on what's happening around us, which means getting our eyes off ourselves and get them on him. So I think, again, the, the Vav piece is so important because ultimately that, that's the connection between the heavenly and the earth realm. Um, it's actually Aleph is the seed of wisdom. Aleph is a picture of the God-man. And I want to read a, a scripture to you here. Um, we're going to go to Philippians 2. If you guys want to go to that. We're going to go to that quick. So in Philippians 2, 6, and 11, I didn't get a chance to put the scripture up. So who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the servant, taking the very nature of a servant. And up, well, I'm sorry, let's start at verse 5. Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. Now 6. Who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, Look at, see how that hand's reaching up. But made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that is the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth that every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. So what's, um, what's interesting, so, um, and I want to speak a little bit about humility. Many of the biblical scholars believe that Mary became the seed of wisdom here. We're talking about the Vav on earth by offering herself in total humility to God's divine will, giving wisdom itself in the form of Jesus a place to rest. When we realize that we are part of such a bigger plan than we can ever realize, I'm sorry, um, when we realize that we are part of such a bigger plan than we can ever realize, then we can become that willing vessel to receive all God has in store for us, for our divine destiny on earth. Again, what if Mary decided not to let the Holy Ghost, I mean, to, to answer, she's like, let your will be done. And Luke, when she really, um, when oh, she heard from God, and it's like, you're going to carry baby Jesus. I mean, okay, she's 14. Think about that. It's like, who? what would I do? I don't know. I know. But she said, let your will be done. And I'm thinking, whoa, that's pretty powerful. So literally, Mary was so humble. She received whatever the Holy Spirit was showing her. And again, we didn't have the Holy Spirit back then, whatever God was showing her. But the scholars, um, biblical scholars, believe Mary became that seed of wisdom here on earth by offering, going back to the Vav, by, um, on earth by offering herself in total humility to God's divine will giving wisdom itself in the form of Jesus a place to rest. That resting point is right between the heaven and the earth. That's the connecting piece between the two, the God and, and, and man. And when we rest in him, I think you find life a little bit easier. I think you find that no matter what's going on around you, it doesn't phase you. And I'm just saying from experience, when we get our eyes off ourselves and put them on the world around us, Things just seem like 
You know, we just, like the tank. We were talking about the Abrams tank earlier. It's like, my gosh, it's just like you just keep plowing. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not going to say that. But what I can't say is life just, it's, it, there's a rest, labor unto his rest. There's such a rest to that. Um, so LF equals unity, and it's um, A-L-E-F is what it sounds like. But again, LF, A-L-E-P-H. We are in the decade of pay, which is 80, and now we're entering into the year of Aleph, which is one, which means unity, one with God. We need to watch our words that we speak, our actions that may, and our actions that they may be Christ-like. So it's not just our words, but it's our actions. And as you can see in the next page, the next, so this is what we're seeing right now, I think. Does this picture look familiar for some of you? Um, some people have masks on, some people don't. Some people are angry, some people are, I mean, you just tell by the eyes. Um, this is what uh, we have been seeing over the early part of 2020, and I think now, so over the last nine months, um, just about nine months, six months, um, especially here in Michigan. As you see some with mouths covered with masks and other mouths uncovered that appear to be yelling, I thought this picture was very telling as it highlights the tensions that we have now in our state and in our nation. You know, sometimes we are called to stand up and not speak, but stand in silent but in unity. And when I was reminded this morning as I was looking at this, I'm reminded of the March to Life when they stand in unity and they have the, the red tape over their mouths with life on it. And I really felt like that's a prophetic sign. I mean, I did as I was looking at this, I was praying in the other room earlier and it, I'm just reminded of the March for Life. And you know, it's interesting, the March for Life, I was thinking March is when a lot of the COVID starting hitting and I'm thinking March, there's something about March. There's a shift that's gonna happen. What we're doing now, when we go into the 5781 over the next, I don't know if that's nine months. We're going to see a shift. I don't know what this is, so I had no plan to say this. So there's something about March 2021. So I just please be praying about that. So I don't know if, and I know for the throne room, a couple, a uh, few weeks ago, I was praying about um, the Supreme Court Justice um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You know, she, for those of you, may I know she's been very ill. And I just get the sense, I don't know, her transition may be happening at some point. So just pray for her salvation. I don't know what her background is other than I know she is Jewish. Um, and I know um, the director of the place that I work at, the big department I'm a part of, he's um, used to work for her. And I realized that I found out recently. So he did his law clerking, um, which I did not realize that. And all of a sudden, I'm like connecting this, Stephanie, so FYI. Um, but it, but it's really, and I think this picture is twofold. You, regardless of people's views and opinions, the bottom line is we're always to honor God with our words and actions. And I just want to encourage you um, just to be praying for our, our state nation. I know everybody is, but there's something about this prophetic sign about you know, to be demasked. And I know that's a word we've given here for about taking our masks off. Um, and, it, and what that really is, is about let's see who the real you is. It's not necessarily about are you wearing a mask or not, but it really is let people get to know you. Take your mask off because we love you. We want to get to know you. And as one who struggles with that sometimes, um, I, I just want to encourage you that... Um, I would just to do that, for let, pe let people help you if you need help. Reach out to people if you need something. We love you. Um, we just want you to know that we're here for you. Um, I think particularly as somebody who has two aging parents, I, I really um, struggle at times with, I, it's not that I'm afraid. It's just I wished I could see them physically, and right now there are times I can't. So I just trust in the Lord, and I check in with them but know that there are people praying for each of you here, and we love you so much. Um, so there are a few keys I want to talk about for 5781. But again, the whole Aleph, it's interesting. I'm gonna, I want to go back to that picture um, here because it's, it's interesting because there's... 
I don't know what I'm trying to say. I just know that there's something to what's going to happen in the next nine months. We're going to know who our next president's going to be by then. He'll be inaugurated. Um, um, we'll know about our budget situation for governments. Um, just know that this is a critical time in our state and nation. Unity is so important. Part of that is what we're speaking, um, what we're saying, and again, just be, be encouraged. We really, really want to have this about unity because that really is, this is what we're going into. So keys to a left. You know, we want to receive God's wisdom. Who, who doesn't? I'm going to say, I want God's wisdom. I want it. And if we're not in his will, if we're not in alignment with him, if we're not in unity with him, we're not going to get it. We're going to be receiving wisdom that's not wisdom from him. It may be from the enemy. So just know that if truly receiving from him, there's some things that I think as we go into 5781, we need to be intentional about. One of those is operating out of a spirit of humility. And I'm going to go to um, Colossians 3.12. So I'm going to go to that. Just bear with me a minute. Has anybody got Colossians? Does anybody want to read that? I'm having a hard time finding it. Does anybody? Hang on a minute. Just a second. James. Somebody, did you got it? Yeah, that's okay, Stephanie. Would you read that? Go ahead. That's good. Amen. Thank you for that. Thank you. So I got the scripture, and this is probably the NIV. Um, say, say that last part you said again. Amen. Thank you. So in the, in the Colossians 3.12, I have up on the screen, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. When something is clothed, that means it's covered, which means our words better be covered with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And I, again, as we're going into this 5781 about it's being intentional to align your mouth with God's heart for you, for you but not just you, but for others. Take the time in your time in prayer to search the meaning of things that are happening in your life. I think, for, again, going back to getting your eyes off yourself, looking at what's happening in the world, um, reflecting on those promises God's given you. There are promises, and I know some of you have journaled those. I need to pull out my journal. I know some of the discussions I've had with um, some people recently, is we have to stand on those promises, particularly now, I think more than ever. Um, pray for the courage to both act and speak in accordance with the Father's thoughts over your life. Refuse to speak against your heart and his. Sometimes we speak those negative words about ourselves out of frustration, anger. Um, so just, again, watch your words. Um, ask Jesus to show you the Father's heart for your family and the world around you, your boss, your neighbors, your, the person down the street, the person in your church that, you, that it's really irritating you, know that there, there's a word because look at them how Jesus sees them. How does God see? Because we're all dear, fearfully and wonderfully made. There's a meaning and a purpose for each person to discover everything that God has in store for them. Each person, each of you, we can't tell you that. You have to seek that. We can encourage you and give you the tools and equip you, but ultimately we want to draw you to him, not to us. Um, and I think the church at times has really put pastors on a pedestal, and I'm one that used to think that because, you know, they're the ones that went to school. They did X, Y, and Z. It's like, well, then they should have all the answers, but they're human too. You know, in leadership, we're, we're not perfect. We need to 
um, we need your prayers. Not, and I'm not just talking about Stephanie and I and the other leadership here, but also our, the pastors in our nation. They have families. I think particularly now more than ever, as you can see on the news, some of the churches have really struggled with getting open back up, and some of the pastors have like, we're not going to shut down. And they know how important it is. I, I Just from a personal experience, my mom has been very frustrated of not being able to be around people for worship, and she sings. And, and she's 81 years old. And especially the old people, this has been very hard on. They need that physical contact. Um, so I want to encourage each of you. Um, there's a meaning and purpose for each of you to discover in 5781. I want to encourage you to take some time and discover what that language of heaven is. Like Stephanie talked about the third heaven. Um, just know that there is true beauty in that third heaven, and he can show you things. Discover the true beauty and the goodness of his divine will for you. It is unchanging and the meaning behind all life. I just want to encourage you with that because I hear the song, Nothing Gonna Stop Us Now. I don't know, that's from Heart. Heart, that's from the group Heart. Okay, that's not, that wasn't part of my lesson, so nothing's gonna stop us now. Or is that Starship? I can't remember. One of those. Anyway, so, you know, I hear music sometimes. Um, so, uh, um, in 1 Corinthians uh, 13, 1, if I speak in the tongue of men or of angels but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I think the word's pretty clear um, here about no matter what we say, if we do not have love in our words, we are like a clanging cymbal. We must demonstrate love. And sometimes love is you have to set boundaries, and that's okay. And you love the person, but Sometimes we, you know, we all have families, we all have lives, but at the end of the day, it should always be in love and the words that we share and just to help. Um, we have a hurting world world out here right now, if many, many of you know, and um, as you see with things being shut down and, and just people just sometimes, I'm just going to say acting crazy. I mean, I don't know what else to say watching people, and I just, I've watched people drive angry, and I just, you know, and I just, I sit in meetings and I just pray and I watch. I'm thinking, Lord, what's going on here? Because you can really start to see that's, that's, that there's just evil. There's things starting to manifest. And, but thinking of what Mary went through when she got delivered, she got delivered, I don't know, seven, eight demons or something, but know that every Mary of Magdalene, and she was one of Jesus' most devoted followers. But in that show, The Chosen, I watched that episode where it it gave a story of perhaps maybe why she became the way she did, and um, know that um, we all are broken people until we come to find Jesus. And some of us have had horrific experiences, traumatic experiences, but at the end of the day, He is the answer, not us personally. He is. And to be filled with him every day and how it can help. But just remembering her story uh, from that show and, and thinking, wow. I mean, how women were treated so horrifically back in those days. You know, we really weren't, we didn't, you know, they were owned and discarded. Um, so know that um, there's a lot to what um, I think he's going to do for each of you in 5781. So a second key, hold fast to that spirit of unity. 1 Corinthians 1.10, I appeal to you. Okay, now this is important. Paul is saying, I appeal to you. So when there's appeal, and I'm thinking of the appeal to heaven flag, Stephanie, I'm telling you right now. Um, but I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no divisions among you but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. The fact that he said, I appeal to you, means this is important. Pay attention. He's appealing like, listen to me, brothers and sisters. You need to listen. And I feel like this is where we're at right now. This is where we're at right now. He's appealing to us. This is a, this is a strong word from Paul and highlighting why, as the body of Christ, we need to be united. And the enemy so wants us to be divided along race, along churches, along economic backgrounds, along men and women, rich and poor, Republican, Democrat. Um, it's just, it is, 
I, it's amazing. I just, um, that just hit me. That just hit me. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name. So he's appealing to, to the church in the name of Jesus Christ. So that means he's appealing. So this was important to Jesus, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no divisions among you. And this actually was a good word for me because I'll be honest, working in where I do can be very challenging um, because I'm one of the few Christians. But at the end of the day, I'm called to love people regardless, regardless of how they treat me, regardless of what they say and what they do. And they're very wounded. But, it, but at the end of the day, they're, they're children of God just like I am. So they're no better than me. And I think why that spirit of unity, and one of the things I've been saying a lot at work lately in my staff meeting is about being in unity. And our director actually noted, noticed that and said something about that, how she really loved that word. I'm like, oh, there you go. Oh, Jesus. I love it. And that was Holy Spirit because there are times that, there are my glasses. Um, I've not, um, it's been, it's been really hard. There hasn't been unity. And I've had to be intentional. So you have to be intentional about being humble and some mutual submission with people, but also being intentional about being in unity with people, being in unity with people. And it is so important. So, um, oh, did I not have that one? Did I not? Oh, I already went over that one. They did that. All right. So, yes, 2 Corinthians 13.11. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Again, finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. So, again, this is about unity again for 57.81. Joy. Rejoice. Strive which means something to, that's our goal, for full restoration. And we're, we, want, we want to encourage people when they come here, we, we're not perfect, we make mistakes, and we want to encourage people. And there's a process we all have to go through, like restoration. And I'm going to uh, share a story, but I'm just thinking of the experiences that I've had with my life in different generations, different decades of my life, um, about restoring the original, our original design that God intended to, for us, each of us. There is a restoration for each of us. We all have a process to go through. We can't do it for you. And I want to encourage you. We are here for you, but it's a process that you have to go through. We're here to help you. We're here to encourage you and equip you. But at the end of the day, it's a process that you have to go through. That's why we go through the steps. We go through the victory over the darkness. We all go through that. All of us have. I've um, studied, I've gone through the books and the material and done the steps, and I've done other things like a sozo and uh, also a RTF, and that's part of the restoration because over the years, just experiences I've had in places I've been through and things that I've done, particularly in my past, that mistakes I had made and um, know that he's done a full circle restoration, but sometimes we need to get some things healed up because life happens. Life happens in our families Life happens in our lives. And I think particularly now, because we're locked up, um, it's been hard for some people. And it's taught me patience. Um, is with my own, again, I'm just going to use from my experiences with my, with my parents. You know, they're in their 80s now. And they've seen a lot over the years. And, you know, at the end of the day, they, they, were, they did the best they could with how they raised my brother and I. And I thought, honestly, they... They didn't have anybody to teach them. They got married at 21 and 17. My mom was 17 when she married my dad. No, she didn't have to get married, but that's what you did in the 50s. Um, <laughs> anyway, for those that won. So, and I was born six years later, or yes, seven years later. Um, but, um, <laughs> that at the end of the day, um, <laughs> all right, stop it, Laura. Um, but um, there's a process. And I, my mom, I talked to her when I was on my way to church today about just things that she's seen in me. And because of the COVID, they can't be with me physically. So they're going to watch my ordination on the Facebook. 
And that means a lot because I don't think I'm going to have too many more years with them. And if there's things that you need to say to your parents, your children, please say them. Not that something's going to happen, but I think it's this is a really important time because I think there's healing happening right now in our country. The fact that what the enemy used for bad, I think how God has moved and when we've been shut down to stay at home, we've actually got, gone cro grown closer. And I think... I think God has shown me those places that I've grown closer, but then with my parents, but I've actually grown closer to God because it's really highlighted some things that I took for granted. You know, I'm thinking about the people in China and overseas that don't have freedoms like we do here. I mean, the, um, with the COVID, people were literally locked in their apartments. In some cases, their doors were sealed in China. That's what happened to the people there. They literally could not go out. I mean, literally, the Communist Party sealed it up. And I'm thinking, how horrible. What if, you know, you can't see your family? Um, so I really think, as you know, um, all things work together for good for those that are called according to its purposes. That doesn't mean all things are good, but all things are, are going to be good for those that are called according to its purpose. All things, you know what I mean, but... I think, um, but God can take those negative things in our lives, bad things, and, and heal. And I think I was out on um, Friday. I had to think about what we did Friday. Um, we were, I was with a group of people, and we um, were doing a prayer, time of prayer, and talking about our, um, our testimonies and when we got saved. And, you know, I was probably not in the best place to answer it, meaning my mind was probably on myself and not what the Lord showed me, remembering my past, which there were some not good things that happened, but how God used that for me to be able to go into the jail and minister to the ladies at the jail and also talk to people that, about things that some people are just not comfortable because they just, they, they don't know what to say because it was, it's, was her... It was not good what happened to me growing up, but at the end of the day, though, God used something from that for something beautiful uh, to set people free. So I just want to thank Stephanie publicly for always encouraging me and supporting me to be the person God's called me to be because at the end of the day, I can't be anybody else. I can't be you. I can't be, I can't be Patty. I can't be Holly. I think each of us are cre cre created uniquely for a special purpose. We all have a special purpose. So I just want to encourage you, we all have a special purpose. Um, so the third key, I want to say, operating out of that third heaven, surrender. And Revelations 2.7, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, which is you and I, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, I've never been in the third heaven, I think, like some people have. And I'm just praying because it's, it just sounds so beautiful. And I know I've kind of had glimpses, but it's because I, there are times I've kind of been a little distracted and thinking, well, it just happens. And I know I've dreamed about it. I feel in my heart I know I have. Um, but how we operate and 5781 will be very important um, from that place of third heaven of victory, which is loving others as Christ has loved you. But with 5781, there's a, there's a cost of the Aleph, um, a cost, um, the cost of the kingdom, which is good, but that there's sacrifices that need to be made. So I'm going to turn to 16, 21 to 27. Okay. This is Jesus talking about his death. From the time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed, and on the third day he be raised to life. Peter took him aside began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen. Then Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. 
you are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. So, whoa, this is really, whoa. Okay, then, the, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. You know, we are all called to carry our cross. The question is, will you take it up? In this year of unity, will you pick up your cross for others and carry it so they can have their freedom? Will you sacrifice yourself for the kingdom, something that is greater than yourself? So here's a, um, remembering Peter, you know, earlier he rebuked God, or sorry, rebuked Jesus. And what was interesting, um, Jesus told him to get behind him. And that was prophetically a symbol. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. I want to, let's read this here. Um, so in John 21, 15 to 17, when they had finished eating, and this is Jesus with the disciples, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. So this was Jesus restoring Peter after spending time with him, letting him know that he needed him to follow him to feed my sheep. Feed my lambs, feed my sheep. We at Shekinah are about equipping and sending our brothers and sisters out to become all God has called them to be for his life. What was interesting is when Jesus earlier, when I was reading the previous um, verse when Jesus told Peter to get behind him he actually was telling Peter to get back to being a disciple because he he was stumbling he was stumbling and then because he was about really Jesus if he didn't die we wouldn't have our salvation so he was basically having to take Peter back to be taught again and so this was him taking Peter back um, when he was asking him will you feed my sheep what was interesting is um, as I was reading a little bit about the, um, about this, um, the different the different forms of love that Jesus was asking for Peter, um, the love on the physical need, um, which is eros, then the then the phileo, which is I am fond of you, and then the agape love on the highest level supremely. And when Jesus first asked in the first, "Do you love me supremely?" When Peter answered, I am fond of you, again Jesus asked, do you love me supremely? And I know this isn't what this, the words exactly, but this is just some of the commentary I was, I was reading, which is me, when you love something supremely, that's forever and ever. You love them above everything. Um, so um, I think what Peter was dealing with was he was sorry the Lord had to go down to his level because, he, again, he was having to be a disciple again after all those years um, those three years he was with Jesus, and then he was out fishing. And I didn't read earlier in, in the scripture about Peter was out fishing. And then Jesus came to him and said, um, asked him about, Will you, do you love me? Will you feed my sheep? Will you tend my lambs and feed my sheep? Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. And lambs are little babies. And when you tend something, you're looking after it. And then feeding the sheep is really as we're as we get older and more mature, we are responsible. And this is what fifty-seven eighty-one is going to be about feeding. It's not just about Stephanie and I up here. It's about each of you. You know, you all. We're a team. We're a, a corporate body. Like like Bless Carrington, she always says words, and she's so encouraging and positive. And know that um, he has a word for each of us. It doesn't matter what our age is. There's no Holy Spirit Junior, right, Stephanie? So, all right. So, 
veer of Aleph, humility. In Philippians 2.3, it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above ourselves. Um, so no, again, it isn't about us. It's about the body and it's about each of you. I mean, again, going back to getting our eyes off ourselves and get our eyes focused on what's going on around us. Sometimes we get so caught up into what's happening here, we lose track of what's out there. So just be encouraged. And we at Shekinah are about growth. And the only way to go through the process of growth is um, for we all have a process. Each of us have a process to go through. And it's encourage, And it's I want to encourage each of you to find out what that process is for yourself because it looks different for each person. We all have different things we're doing. Some of us are parents with children. Some of us have grown kids. Some of us have little kids. Some of us are college students. Some of us are working people. Again, some of us are over 50 and some of us are under 50. Um, but no, there's a process each of us go through until restored from, from glory to glory until he comes back. Um, so, all right. Let's see. So again, the year of the left, surrender. Surrender and rest in the finished work that Christ did on the cross for you. And what was interesting, I look at that, the middle of the vibe, which is really resting. We're resting in him. And that rest connects the divine realm, which is the heavenly realm, which is up, and then the earthly realm, which is here on earth. Um, what was interesting is the, um, the one, the heavenly realm, and I didn't get into this, and I know, Stephanie, you're going to probably have... Um, you may share some, some similar things. There's, there's so much more to this. This is just a little part that he showed me. But the Vaf part was so good. And surrender is so key because, again, this is not our will but his will to be done. Um, and, again, thinking about Mary, Mary surrendered, you know, surrendered to, to God and let um, God use her to carry this, the, the Savior. And, and many of you know that her husband got that dream and then they had to leave and get out, um, they had to leave and go to Egypt, or no, they had to go, one of the, I forgot, whatever, they had to leave because um, Herod was killing the child babies um, three years and under, the boys, and he left, and God gave him a dream, and I think God's going to visit people in dreams for 5781, be encouraged, I just want to encourage you all with that, I think there is going to be some significant dreams, um, as we, as we look at Enter in two weeks, we're entering into that. But again, this is a process. It's not, you know, maybe you may notice a shift in your dreams, but I want to encourage you to write them down. Um, I think he's going to have some, some answered prayers. I don't know what those things are, but just be encouraged, surrender, and rest in the finished work of Christ that he, that he died on the cross for you. Amen. Um, again, we are currently in the, we are in the decade of the mouth, pay, and we are moving into the year of unity one, um, being remembering what we talk about, about being Christ-like. There is a heavenly and earthly um, realm to this in 5781. When we speak from that third heavenly realm on the finished work of Jesus resting in him, that is where we will see shifts. And I just, so I just want to um, leave you guys with that and um, know that I think, um, particularly now, again, I wanted to say that we're at a critical time in our country now, regardless of politics aside, but the election is going to be so important. Um, so just pray, continue to pray. And I tell you, if he gives you a word, do you get up and blow a shofar in the middle of the night? I want to encourage you to do it, thinking of what we did in Israel a few years ago. Know that it could be the simplest little thing, but he's showing you specifically for a reason. You represent a generation. You represent a people group that myself or Stephanie, we, we do not have the connection to like you do. Know that, that there's something to that, to the nations. Like there's something that's going to shift in the nations too. So I just, um, I think that's all, and it's 4.30. That's all I got. So thank you guys. All right. Okay, praise God. Thank you, Laura. That is a beautiful foretaste of this head of the year, and it is so right on. I'm excited. We talk a lot about activation here. We do this every week, and I want to make sure um, we do that today. My little slides got all 
mixed up here, but let me get them. Let me get them in order. That's okay. No problem. Teamwork makes a dream work, darling. So activation is the process of making something active or operative. And our hope every time that you hear the word of God is that you apply it to your life. And that means that it moves from head knowledge. I heard something and now I know something that this coming year is going to be about unity too. It moves to your heart. That means you're asking, Father God, the questions, what do I need to shift? What does that mean for me? What does unity look like in my life every day? in my school, in my spheres of influence, in my home, in my marriage, in my family, maybe in my church. What does that look like, okay? So we want you to partner with Holy Spirit and with Father God to make this truth operative in your life. And you should be looking forward into this next year knowing that your mouth and what you speak and what you say is going to create things because you're literally made in the image of God, right? So if, and it is, a decade of the mouth, and if, and it is, we're coming into a year of unity, then what, you, ultimately we're at a crossroad, or what I like to call a fork in the road. And what we say out of our mouths will take us one of two directions. It will either take us up into the third heaven, where we're partnered and one seated at the right hand of God with Christ Jesus, and we're saying the things he tells us to say, and we're partnering with him to create an atmosphere of unity everywhere the sole of our foot treads. Or we're saying things out of our mouth that partner, you've got the lion and the dragon, right? With the enemy of our souls and partnering with that second heaven or that first heaven, and the revelation of the things that we hear and see that are negative, that are not good, that are not redemptive, that are not in line with light, but they're contrary to it and they bring darkness. And we actually create an atmosphere of darkness around us. So we, I just feel like they, for activation purposes, we are at a fork in the road and today's activation is this, where do you want to be in a year? Do you want to be an individual who creates partners with Father God in the Trinity and is one with him and agrees with what God is saying and decrees out of your mouth the thing and creates an atmosphere of heaven calling our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. And the, everywhere the sole of your foot treads, you're bringing the kingdom of God to earth. You're bringing what it looks like in Zion, what it looks like in heaven with you everywhere you go. You're bringing peace. You're bringing love. You're bringing reconciliation. You're bringing forgiveness. You're bringing wholeness, that shalom. Or do you want to operate in the place of the first heaven, the flesh? Okay, it feels good. It's, it makes me feel good. The world says it's good. My friends are all doing it. Or the second heaven, I see this demon. I see that demon this is what's playing here. This is what's playing there. And you actually create an atmosphere for those things to function. So I feel like that's the activation today. Where do you want to be? Who do you want to partner with? Revelation brings responsibility. Now that you know, you're going to go one way or the other. And, and I believe with all my heart, you are perfectly capable by the grace of God of going in the way of the lion, because you are part of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Come on, somebody. You have Christ in you who is the hope of glory. He's not just the hope of glory, but he's actually glory itself. He is Shekinah. He is the very life breath of God, the one that breathed into Adam, mankind, and made them become a living being. That same divine being dwells in you if you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you haven't accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is the year to do it because you cannot be in unity with him without accepting Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And it's a simple prayer. Lord, I'm a sinner. I need you to save me and save me all the way. Save me in my mind. Save me in my emotions. Save me in my flesh. Save me in my relationships. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit and make me yours. So revelation brings responsibility. And if you did that today, please tell someone. It's literally a simple prayer and conversation between you and the Lord. You don't have to come up here and tell me. But if you want to, I welcome it. Okay. Spiritual gifts, we say, can be taught, caught, or activated by faith. Laura just gave us a beautiful teaching, 
okay? She's a prophetic teacher. That's her gift mix. She's very good at the little details and meeting things out and explaining Aleph and pay to us. They can be caught when you're in an atmosphere like this. When we were worshiping and the flute was played and Camille and Jackie were singing, there were some things we caught. You're like, ooh, I felt that. I feel lifted up. I feel strengthened in my spirit, amen? Or they can be activated by faith, which is, a, is an act of your will, agreeing with God and saying, I believe and therefore I've spoken. Let it be as I've spoken to the glory of God, my Father, my Lord Jesus Christ. Like we activated it by faith, the breakthrough, when we did the breaker, okay? Remember that? We, we did an action that shifted something in the spiritual realm, okay? That was an activation by faith, there's a process to everything, just like Prophet Laura was talking about. And revelation can come through all five senses, okay? You can have a funny taste on your tongue of sweetness or bitterness. You can feel cold or hot. You can know or sense something, right? You can see something in the spirit. You can hear something in the spirit, okay? But interpretation is key. We say this every week. Just repeat after me. Say, ask, don't assume. Ask, don't assume. And there's a reason for that. No matter how mature we become in the Lord, God is eternal and there's always something new to learn. So even if I've got a revelation about something back here, just because I'm seeing that same thing again doesn't mean in that season that's what he wants to tell me about it. So we've got to operate in humility and in surrender like Laura was talking about and always be bending low to listen and hear, Lord, what is this? And what are you saying to me? Okay. And then the application, so you've got revelation, it comes through all five senses, you hear, see, taste, smell, whatever, feel. Interpretation, we ask, we don't assume, what is this? And then the application, we also ask what God want, wants me to do with it, right? So we have to ask for the interpretation of what it is that's coming through our senses, what it means, and what it is we're looking at, hearing, or feeling or sensing. And then we also have to ask, okay, don't assume what he wants you to do with it, right? So I've seen, and I've done this, as young people in the Lord, we do this a lot. We get a revelation, we sense something, hear something, experience something. The ask, we do the second step, and we ask the Lord what it is, and he tells us what it is. But then we, out of presumption, we assume we know what we're supposed to do with it, and we go do this thing, and that is not what the Lord wanted us to do with it. Then all hell breaks out against us, and we're so confused and, oh, why didn't it work? That was a word from the Lord. How many? I've done it. Anybody else? Okay. We've all done it, right? So this piece is really key. Father, what is this and what do you want me to do with it? Because revelation can become a weapon if wielded improperly. Okay? So we have to be good stewards of not just what we hear, but how we wield it. Okay? So that being said... I'm just seeing that fork in the road. And I feel like Father God is saying, choose ye this day who you will serve. For this next year, where do you want to be? Ask yourself that question, where do you want to be in a year? And what does that require of you to change? You will either go the way of the dragon, or you will go the way of the lion. And the beautiful thing about the redemption in Christ Jesus is if we fall down to the second and third heaven by the finished work of Jesus Christ, get back up again, but get up quick. Own it, lay it before the cross, receive his love and forgiveness, and move on. But do it quick. Because you can turn this way out of, an, out of being young in the Lord or growing in a specific area and be like, oh, I just partnered with the dragon. Lord, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I want to get back in line with the lion of the tribe of Judah. I cancel everything I just did. In Jesus' name, I ask for forgiveness. I humble myself under your mighty hand. And I say, bring those things into alignment with your will. Help me to see the way you want to see it. Help me to partner with the way you want me to partner. So let's do an activation real quick. If you want to receive something from the Lord today, put your hands out in front of you just as a prophetic sign without faith, without actions dead, right? Say, Holy Spirit. And between you and him, you just say, this is the way I want to go. And you pick. 
the way of the lion, nor the way of the dragon. And you have to choose. Not choosing actually is a choice. Not choosing is actually aligning with the dragon. Say, Holy Spirit, what do I need to operate more fully in unity this year? And then just listen. You may see a picture. You may be reminded of a verse. You may be reminded of an experience. You may be reminded of a time the Lord corrected you. You may just know in your inner spirit, man or woman. Okay, you got that thing? Then Holy Spirit, how do I shift? How do I shift? Holy Spirit, I invite you now to do whatever you need to do in me, in my mind, in my dreams, in my interpretations, in my life, in my body, in my emotions, to shift whatever needs to be shifted. I give you full permission to shift anything, to heal everything that needs to be healed or changed or moved so that I can walk more fully in you, in unity with you and the Father in the sun. Come and heal me now. Come and shift me now. Come and baptize me now in more of you. Yeah, I just praise you. We praise you, Father God, and we thank you for the privilege of being seated at your right hand. We thank you for the privilege of being called your divine children. We thank you for the privilege of participating in your divine nature and being those that everywhere the sole of our foot treads, you have given us success, not because of a victory we have won, but because of a victory you won on our behalf. And we ask this year that you would grace us as a corporate body and as individuals to walk in unity with you to be those that set and create an atmosphere of heaven everywhere the sole of our foot treads, that multitudes of individuals will be encountered with your very presence, with your perfect love, and forever changed everywhere that we go. Everywhere that we go. Do you have something, sweetheart? Come on up. God reminded me of something. Many times people that are Islamic or Muslim, particularly those that are people that are, I don't know what a word, somebody that's, they're not people that would listen to you and I here. They don't want us to be here. They want to take over, and they do this. They're God. And I had a vision of, I believe what I was sensing was the fact they're gonna, God's going to be visiting Muslims more and more now too. So just be encouraged and pray. If you have any people that are Muslim friends and they give you a dream, please pray about it because I feel like you will be a conduit to whatever it is that God's speaking to them about to come to Jesus. So we receive that word, Father God, and we do ask that right now you would visit the Muslim nations and the Muslim people in this nation. And I'm actually seeing black Muslims as well. There's been a major deception among the African-American community in regards to that. So we ask, Father God, that you would bless them and that you would strengthen them, that you would encounter them with your perfect love just like you did Salim. Kamal, Salim. And I ask that you would fill our mouths with your wisdom and with your revelation. I'm thinking of Philippians 1, 9 through 11, that we may grow in knowledge and depth of insight more and more so that we will know and be able to discern what is best in every situation, not just what is good, but what is best. There is a good and a permissible will of God, the scripture tells us, but there's a best will 
And Father God, this year we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would grace us to be so one with the with you, with the Trinity, that we would be able to walk in what is best. In Jesus' name. Yes, amen. Yeah, be anxious for nothing, but in all things, by prayer and supplication, make your requests known unto God. Yeah, and then the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. If your mind's going insane, that is the scripture for you. Amen. So, Father, we do just pray that if you just want to extend your hand to the north, south, east, and west, pick a direction. Father, we do pray that over our city and over our state in Jesus' name. We ask that you would guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, even those that don't know you, and that they would not be given over to suicide, they would not be given over to discouragement, they would not be given over to depression, they would not be given over to rage, they would not be given over to frustration, they would not be given over to lust, they would not be given over to pharmacia, they would not be given over to drugs, they would not be given over to pornography, but that you would guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, that you would protect them. And we plead the blood of Jesus over our city, over the capital city, and over the state of Michigan in Jesus' name. And we decree and declare both the southern peninsula and the northern peninsula are set apart for the purposes of God to be pure Michigan to be used for his glory, to raise up a five-fold movement of Delta Force warriors who are full-on overflowing, absolutely surrendered to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and that we know where we are seated, we understand our place, and we are absolutely fearless and filled and overflowing with all the fullness of who you are. We believe and therefore we've spoken. Let it be as we have spoken to the glory of you, God, our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. If you are in agreement, just say amen. Let it be so. Amen. All right. We love you and God loves you. May you be sent in the power of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. If you need prayer tonight or this afternoon, I guess it's 448. We're getting into the evening. Come on down front. And um, I'm going to have you come up, Camille and Jackie if you would please, and pray for everyone. And if you want prayer, come on down and you can receive prayer this evening. Um, we'll be here to chat. I encourage you again. Thank you, Lyra, for the snacks. Please eat some snacks. Stay for a minute and visit. We love you. Yeah, give her a hand. She comes early every week to do that. I love the snacks. After a day like this, it, it